Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for March 7th, 2022. I'm teaching a series entitled Intentional Progress, a series I'm going to be teaching all year. But within that, I'm teaching a series on life lessons from the life of Jesus. I hope that you've been enjoying it. I know that I've been enjoying teaching it. I trust that you've been enjoying receiving it. So on this morning, it's a Monday morning, we're going to set the tone for the whole week with the Word of God. We're going to open up the Word of God, see what God is saying to us, learn life lessons from the life of Jesus as he's on the road to the resurrection, and we will be empowered because of it. So now I need you to open up your heart to receive it. All right, let's get into the word for this morning. So this is Life Lessons from the Life of Jesus, part 39, the Road to the, Rection, Road to the Resurrection, part 10. So in our last message, we were in John chapter 19. Remember that this is part of a series where I'm going to be teaching through these six steps this year, and I'm still kind of teaching on the first one. The good thing about this ministry is that I'm not in a hurry, just like I did this morning. God gave me so much to deal with that I was like, no, God, this is too much for one day. So I broke it down. I took three points and some of the other points I pushed them to tomorrow and I'm not in a hurry and I can take my time and we can go through it. And that really gives me an opportunity uh, to slow down and share what God is saying. It gives you an opportunity to receive from God on another level as we go through all of these passages, right? So we looked at in this series so far, life lessons from the life of Jesus. We started in John 5, then we went to 6, 8, 12, 14, 15, 16, 17, and then we got to uh, 17. I thought I was going to stop there. God said, no, keep going to 18. And now we're in chapter 19. And so I'm going to look at John chapter 19, verses 8 through 11 this morning. And let's get into it as we learn from the life of Jesus. So John chapter 19, verses 8 through 11. In our last message, we saw how Pilate um, was frustrated, right? Because he was frustrated with the whole process. Jesus was tried and convicted for being himself. Jesus didn't do anything wrong. The only thing he did was admit that he was the son of God or admit that his kingdom was not of this world. And so when he revealed his true identity, they wanted to kill him for it. And Pilate was like conflict, conflicted because he kind of stuck here in the middle. And he was honestly, it felt, feels like he was terrified. He didn't want to kill Jesus because he knew that Jesus was innocent. And But he was stuck in this tricky situation because he was still dealing with the Jews and these were the people in this province. And so he wanted peace in the province. He also wanted peace in his heart. So he was like, oh my God. So he, he goes back after the people said, release Barabbas. And again, he, he wants to have a one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. And he goes inside, grabs Jesus and, go, and says to Jesus, come on, man, where are you from? He says, where are you from? He's trying to understand like what is going on. Who is this man? Like, I mean, when, 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 the, when you're walking under the anointing, People, I, this has literally happened to me in the airport or in the, in the mall or whatever. This is, people will come up and be, who are you? I mean, like, there's this thing on you. They'd be like, who in the world are you, right? Because there's this supernatural on you. And so he was like, where are you from? But once again, Jesus didn't give him an answer. And Jesus refused to answer. He already had given him. He was like, my kingdom is not of this world. 
he was innocent. He was standing before Pilate and the crowd as an innocent man. And, and this bloodthirsty crowd, they wanted him to die, and which was crazy. And so there's this crowd outside that's clamoring for the death of Jesus. And here he is on the inside, and he's like, man, looking at this man that's clearly innocent. And Pilate could not understand why Jesus was not interested in defending himself. Like, it was like, man, this is, like, if you wanted to form a defense, like, you probably would win. Like, I mean, like, why are you not forming a defense? And his silence, Jesus' silence, was frustrating Pilate. So in his frustration, the Roman governor says to Jesus, why won't you answer my question? Don't you know that I have the power to let you go? Or don't you know that I have the power to have you nailed to a cross? <laughs> and when he said that, it's like he crossed the line. Jesus was silent while he was just asking this questions. But who are you, Pilate, to lecture to give a lecture on authority to the supreme authority? Who are you, Pilate, to give a class on power to the man that has all power? Any power that Pilate had was power that had been given to him by God. And Jesus knew that. So Jesus says, listen, let me tell you something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold on for a minute. Let me tell you something, little Mr. Pilate. You haven't a shred of authority over me except what has been given to you by heaven. Just to be clear, any little authority you have down here in this planet was given to you by my heavenly father and we are allowing this thing to happen. Don't get it twisted. Don't think like, like, like you have power over me. No, 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 no. We are, me and my father, we're allowing this thing to happen. So what does this mean for you today? You're like, Rick, that's a good story and everything, but I got a lot on my calendar today, this week. Can you give me a word? Oh, I have a word. I have three things to share with you in this morning. I need you to open up your heart to receive. Number one, God knows what he is doing. I want you to know that your God, he knows what he's doing. You're like, well, Rick, you don't understand. You don't know the situation I'm in. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. God knows what he is doing. God could have killed Pilate in an instant for authorizing the death of Jesus, but he didn't because there was purpose behind it. Jesus could have called down a, a legion of angels and had everybody killed. You know, Pilate killed, the Sanhedrin council killed, the Pharisees, the Sadducees killed, but he didn't do it. Why? Because there was something going on beyond the surface. And then Pilate, in one moment, is like boasting in the power that he had over Jesus. It was like, are you crazy? You don't have no power over me. Any power that you have, like, or the power to nail me to the cross, come on, you don't even know. Nobody could do anything to me unless I allow it. Pilate was a peon on the chessboard of Jesus's life. This was God's chessboard and God is moving pieces around the chessboard and Pilate was a peon. Pilate thought he was like important, but Jesus was like, listen, it's not even like that. I, I, like I, I'm letting this stuff happen. The authorization of the execution, I'm letting you authorize me to be executed. It's just a necessary stop on the road to the resurrection. See, you got to grow to the point as a believer, you got to grow to the point where you trust the sovereignty of God. You got to grow to the point where you know that our God is God. He sits on the circle of the earth. He has all things in and under, like he has all power. He knows all things. And you got to trust the sovereignty of God. See, you exercise faith. Let me I've taught on faith and trust before. Let me give you a quick refresher. Faith is what I do 
in response to the will of God. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So I can exercise faith when I know what God is doing. I exercise faith when I know what God promised. I exercise faith when I have a word from God. So I'm exercising faith in what God revealed to me. But but watch this. Faith is what I'm doing when I know what God is doing. But when I don't know what God is doing, I still got to trust him. You got to trust God to the point where even when you can't trace him, even when you don't understand what is going on, you still have to trust God. Now, Jesus, to be clear, Jesus was in faith. Jesus understood what was going on. Jesus was like, you don't even know, Pilate. I mean, it's not even that kind of party. I'm just letting this thing happen. Like you think you have power over me. I'm just permitting that thing to happen. So Jesus was in faith. But my point is that if you know what God is doing, you can exercise faith. Faith is something you say. Faith is something you do. Faith, faith is a seed that you sow based on what God has revealed to you about your future. However, even when you don't know what God is doing, even when you can't understand it, you still have to trust God and you have to believe that all things are going to work out for your good. Trust in the sovereignty of God. Say amen to that. All right. Number two, God will sometimes keep you from defending yourself. God will sometimes keep you from defending yourself. I, I, I don't want to give too many details uh, in this point. I'm going to, when I give my, my, um, the story that I'm going to share, I'm not going to give a lot of details, but for those of you that know, you know, right? So, but let me deal with, with um, what was happening in, in the text first. Pilate was frustrated because Jesus would not defend himself. And, and it was like, man, if you would just defend yourself, I mean, you probably could get out of this. And Jesus refused to defend himself because there was something going on. And this reminds me of a story of a pastor that I know. I know this pastor personally. And I remember years ago, the Lord spoke to this pastor and he, there was a, a particular piece of property and there was a church on it. And the church, uh, there was one particular, I guess another church has started building on that property and, and just had a shell of a church building and then they ran out of money. And so the property had gone into default and then it went into foreclosure and then it was good. They, the church lost the property and the property was going up for auction. And uh, this particular pastor that I know, the Lord spoke to him and said, hey, I'm going to give you a harvest. This pastor pastors multiple campuses. And so he says, I'm going to give you a harvest in this particular region. So I need you to buy this building. In that building, I'm going to load up that building. This is where you're going to put the harvest that I'm going to give you the harvest of souls. And so it was like, okay, Lord, but you know, I don't, I'll do whatever you tell me to do, but that, you know, that kind of belongs to somebody else. He's like, no, they lost it. And then the word on the street was basically that this property was about to become a department store. So, so there was like a, a, a corporation that wanted to buy the property to make it a department store. And the Lord told this particular pastor, no, I need you to buy it because I need to keep that property in the kingdom. So he was like, okay, cool. So he goes and he purchases the property. And so they, it goes to auction, his ministry, they purchase it and they win. And so once they win, <laughs> then all of a sudden the, the church that lost the property starts to defame and slander this particular pastor. So the church that lost the property, they start telling everyone within that particular community that this pastor and that ministry stole the church, which is ridiculous, which is not true. It's like they stole the church. And so they go through all of this and now they're putting out all this information and they're calling him out by name. So now within the local community, he is being defamed. Within the local community, he's being slandered and his name is being talked about in a negative way throughout this local community. And before you know it, it's spread across to other states and 
and, and, and it became a mess. And so people were talking about him. Um, and so what's the point? The point is I'm going to tie it back to how Jesus refused to defend himself. So while this was going on, what I couldn't understand was why he didn't just explain himself. Like, I mean, like he could have gotten on social media and recorded a video. He could have just posted a statement on social media. He could have sent out an email. There was emails going out with his name on it, but he refused to do it. And when I asked him about it, he said, the Lord won't allow me to defend myself. <laughs> I said, what? He's like, no, the Lord won't allow me to defend myself. And it became an ugly thing to the point where now this pastor, when he would travel, you know, people was like talking about him and he lost friends along the way over it. He lost friends, people that have been close to him in ministry for many years actually wound up breaking and severing off ties with him all because he was doing what the Lord said. And it was justifiable, right? I mean, so he could have easily defended himself. He could have easily explained, but watch this. God said, no, I don't want you to, to defend yourself. I don't want you to explain yourself. So here's the thing. Pilate couldn't understand why Jesus refused to defend himself, even though he thought Jesus was clearly in the right. Sometimes God will forbid you from defending yourself. Sometimes God will just tell you to remain silent. Sometimes God will do it because he wants to be your defense, right? But other times God will do it because he doesn't want a defense presented. God will say, you know what? I just don't even want to address it. And when that happens, watch this, a couple of things you can learn from this. First of all, what is happening to you is actually happening for you. Because remember, God is the one moving pieces around on the chessboard. And so at the end of the day, he reserves the last move for himself. So when it's all said and done, is what happened to you happened for you. It's always going to work out for your good. But when, when something like that is happening and God is happy with allowing it to happen, God is just letting it happen. You may not like it. You may not understand it. But in order to walk with God, you got to know, you got to get comfortable with a certain level of mystery. There's a certain level of mystery associated with walking with God. God is not going to give you all the answers. Another thing is that, that God's ways are so high above our ways and his thoughts are so far above our thoughts that some things you're just not going to understand until you get to heaven. Like, like, it's like God doesn't have to explain himself. The lesson, another lesson you can learn from this is that when adversity comes, because Jesus was like, the disciples were like, hey, Lord, we'll be with you. Remember, Peter said, I'm down with you like four flat tires. I don't care whatever happens. I will never leave you. Jesus like, no, all of y'all are going to turn on me. It's like, no, 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 no. All of y'all are going to turn on me. And you're going to leave me. Oh, Jesus. Peter said, I will never leave you, Lord. And he was like, well, before the cock crows twice, you're going to do this thing. I mean, what are you talking about? And so adversity sometimes exposes the people that are really with you. Adversity exposes, in the, in the case of that pastor that I was talking about, that adversity exposed the people that maybe he thought were friends, but were not really friends. And the same thing happened with Jesus. When Jesus was there, convicted on these trumped up charges, the same people, the same people that just a few days earlier were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the Lord. The same people that were cutting down palm branches and putting it down so that the hooves of the donkey would not even step on the mud. And they were praising Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem on this donkey. The same people, as soon as he was arrested, they turned on him. And that's how it is. You see, sometimes this stuff happens and adversity will show you who's with you. Watch this. Not everyone who is with you is for you. Not everyone who is with you is for you. And the last thing I'll tell you from this point is that God does not have to explain himself, but he will reveal himself. Let me say that again. God does not have to explain himself. I've asked God many times, God, why did you allow this to happen? He's like, Listen, I don't got to explain myself. 
I mean, God is God. God doesn't have to explain himself, but you know what? He will reveal himself in the fullness of timing. So in the fullness of timing, you, you get this revelation from God, things will happen, and then you'll be able to look back and looking back, hindsight is 2020, you'll be able to look back and then understand why God allowed it to happen, why God permitted these things to happen. Remember, God can prevent, God can permit, and so if God permitted it, there's purpose wrapped up in it. And so it's like, okay, you allow this to happen. Now, some things you may not understand until you get to heaven. Other things you will understand better as you go. You continue walking with God and you'll be able to look back and say, wow, now I understand why you allowed this to happen. You allowed that to happen. Another thing that happens is through all of this stuff, you got to know God through experiences. You can't just know God in a book. If all you know is a God that you know from the Bible, or God that you know on Sunday mornings or Wednesday, Wednesday nights, then you really don't know God. You have to have experiences with God. You got to walk with God and be willing to have those experiences, even when you don't know what he's doing, even when you, you can't understand it, even when there's a level of mystery, even when God won't give you all the answers, you go through it and you will learn so much about yourself, so much about God, and so much about others in the process. Say amen to that. All right, number three, God is the source of all power and authority. Our God is the source of all power and authority. I like it when Pilate said to Jesus, why won't you answer me? Why won't you get, come on, don't you know that I have the power to let you go free? Don't you know that I have the power to have you killed? Jesus was okay with most of what Pilate said until Pilate made that statement. When Pilate made that statement, it's like it triggered Jesus. Jesus is like, man, you're trying to give me a lesson on, on authority? Are you kidding me? I mean, he's like, I'm the guy with all authority. I'm the guy with all power. Jesus replied, you don't even have a shred of authority except the authority that's been given to you from heaven. The Bible says in Romans 13 and 1, everyone who rules was given the power to rule by God. And all of those who are in authority, who rule now, were given that power by God. So any power or any authority that Pilate had was given to him by God, and Jesus knew it. God is a God of order. God is a God of structure. He wants you to acknowledge and submit to his ultimate authority, and he also wants you to acknowledge and submit to the authority that he's placed here in the earth. But don't, uh, don't think that people can just exercise unrighteous authority over you People don't have as much power over you as they may think. Let me say that again. People don't have as much power over you as they may think. Whatever authority they have is authority that God is okay with. But if, they, if, if anyone ever tries to cross the line on you, like, like Pilate crossed the line with Jesus, if anyone ever tries to usurp authority and, or take a certain level of authority that's not, they're not really authorized to walk in, or violate one of God's children, then God is quick to address it. God will either allow you or lead you to address it, or God will address it himself. God will handle it for you because you got to know that once I'm in God and God is in me, then the Bible says in Romans uh, 8 and 31, basically, if God is for you, the, Paul asked the question, then who can be against you? The way I say it is, if God is for you, then he's more than the whole wide world against you. Pilate thought he was exercising authority over Jesus, but he was only doing what God was allowing. And what is true with Jesus is true with you. Look at me. God is your shield. God is your defense. Psalms 46 and 1 says, our God is our protection and our source of strength. He is an ever-present help 
in the time of trouble. God is on you, in you, with you, and for you. God is your shield. God is your defense. His favor goes before you like a shield. If something is happening, is what only whatever happens is whatever God allowed to happen. Nobody's going to be able to exercise any unrighteous authority over you unless the Lord allows it to happen. And if God allowed it to happen, then you have the grace for it and it's going to work out for your good. Remember, God is moving pieces around on the chessboard. So don't think that these people have the authority over you that they think they have. They don't even have that kind of authority. You got to you got to know that God is sovereign. God is on you. God has called you. God has anointed you for such a time as this. You walk with God and you don't have anything to fear. When you know that God is on you and in you and with you and for you, you have nothing to fear. Fear has no power over you. Jesus was not afraid of Pilate. Jesus was not afraid of the people. And you should not be afraid of anyone either. You walk with your head held high. People think they're doing something to you. Listen, you don't even know who I am. This is only happening because my father is allowing it to happen. And that means that I have the grace for it. And that also means that it's going to work out for my good. So in the end, I'm going to be able to look back over this situation and thank God for it. And David said, you know what? I'm glad I was afflicted because if I were not afflicted, I would not have known God the way that I know God. We get to learn God through these experiences. We get to learn God when people raise up their ugly heads against us and we go through challenges and situations and we go through these troubling times, we get to learn something about ourselves. We get to learn something about our God and we get to learn something about the people around us. Not everyone who is with you is for you. And when you're going through these challenging times, all these people are smiling in your face. I remember an old rap song. This, this will take you way back to Leaders of the New School. I don't know if you remember that. The uh, uh, Leaders of the New School, this is when Buster Rhymes was on this group. He says, I remember Rob when he first got a sob. His face was a mob with people he didn't know from Jack. But when his car went flat, they wouldn't stop by to even say hi or give a reply. He was saying, listen, all these people will be in your face when things are going well. But when his car went flat, people were like, I'm out of here. And that's how it is with you. When things are challenging in your life, the people that you thought were for, for you, in that moment, you're really going to know who is for you and, and who was just smiling in your face, but they were not really committed to your success. So embrace everything, good and bad. Embrace it all. Know that you have a grace for it. You can take it. God is with you. You will overcome. Greater is coming for you. I want you to close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I thank you for teaching me from your amazing word. Your word gives me peace. You are God and God alone. I acknowledge no other deity. I call upon no other name. I know of no other God. You alone are worthy. You alone are the King of Kings. You alone are the Lord of Lords. You sit on the circle of the earth. You have all things under your feet. You know what you're doing in my life. Your power gives me peace. You are the greatest power. You, God, are the greatest power. Therefore, I shall never be defeated. You watch over me to keep me safe from secret traps and deadly plans. I'm still here, Father, and it's only by your grace. I have made more mistakes than I even want to remember. I've been through more challenges than I even want to recount, but I'm still standing. I'm still breathing because you are not through with me. You are my God, my trust and confidence, 
are in you and you alone. I head into this day knowing that you are heading into it with me. Therefore, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I want you to have an amazing day, and I'll see you tomorrow morning. Uh, so meet me at the same time tomorrow morning and get ready to receive. God bless you.